with such a bizarre year just about in the books, it's easy to see why people would want to travel all the way to the Big Apple to celebrate the ringing in of a fresh new year. Empire City itself is intoxicating with its sparkling skyscrapers lit up in red and green, its Central Park trees adorned with holiday charm, its underground subways peppered with men and women in Santa costumes, and its unforgettable, unsleeping, unextinguishable Times Square, where over a million strangers packed shoulder to shoulder in the middle of downtown with no place to sit, eat, or pee, stare at a big glowing ball in the sky as they wait hours for it to be slowly lowered to the earth by a guy wearing a headset who is eating a burrito in one hand while using the other to press a button labeled drop ball. All that being said, this New Year's Rockin' Eve will be held digitally, so you won't have to deal with any of the stuff I just mentioned. Still though, we all know that this city of dreams tradition is coming back and likely isn't going anywhere soon after that. Today on the show, we're going to discuss just how bad of an idea it is to make your way to the city that never sleeps to celebrate New Year's Eve, and how such awful prospects as the ones we previously listed may tip our panic scale ratings into uncharted territory. Welcome to Reason to Panic, the only podcast for the worried mind. We give you a new, uncomfortable topic each week so that you are never without a reason to panic. Welcome to the show again. I'm joined today by the greatest co-hosts money can buy. You know the guys. I'm here with Randall Floyd and Tyler Mason. Randall, how you doing? I am really good this morning. Good, 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 good. How are you? I know you had a big <laughs> night. Uh, I know that you uh, you can tell, you can tell the, the the listeners what you did last night um, here in a second. But uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and I, I'm really really happy that Tyler's with us again as well. Tyler, how are you this morning? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking, Eli. Good. Good, good. Tyler, can you t- tell us why you're well this morning? Well, because I am uh, getting ready to go visit Baton Rouge today. Um, I'm in uh, Louisiana. Food's good. Weather's nice. And uh, it's just it's just an all-around good day to be alive. <laughs> I like that. I like it. Randall, what about you? I'm hungover on Butterbeer. <laughs> I, th- I think that's going to require an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I went to ha- uh, Harry Potter World last night at Universal Studios Ooh. Orlando um, and got home at 1.45 in the morning. Well, then. And I'm hungover because uh, <laughs> Butterbeer is delicious. <laughs> hungover. So last night you were probably walking down Diagon Alley diagonally. Since you had too much, yes. <laughs> I, was, I was diagonal backwards. Sometimes I didn't know where I was, um, but it was not a digital celebration. There was a lot of people there. <laughs> I see. The uh, some things, some things are still are still kicking even even during this pandemic. Um, today we're talking about new New York. We're talking about New Year's Rock and Eve down in Times Square. Everyone knows about this party. It's. I, 
I want to say it's the largest New Year's Eve party in the world, I, I, but I'm not sure. I think it is. Um, I did look, and I know that over a million people go every year, and they pack themselves in in, in this very little segment of New York <laughs> where I want to say, um, well, what does it say here? It's basically, it's it's an it's about an eighth of the city's population that show up to this party, and they're all squished in between 42nd Street North to uh, nearly 60th Street. So to put over a million people in, in just that, what is that, 18 blocks? <laughs> uh, and there are maybe uh, you know six places to sit there. So um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the reasons why heading to New York City for New Year's Eve isn't necessarily the right the right move for everybody. And if you find yourself there unwittingly, you may have a good reason to panic. So uh, can you can you unwittingly stumble into Times Square? On you New wouldn't Year's think Eve? so. You wouldn't think so. But if you've, but New York is weird. New York is different. Th- weird things happen in New York. <laughs> it's not quite like Vegas. But, uh, you know, if you've ever seen, uh, you know, I say 50% of uh, movies about any kind of American story, story it's, I swear, it seems like they take place in New York. Um, strange things happen, especially on the silver screen. But anyway, um, so heading down to Times Square, would, would either of you ever do this? For New no. Steve? No. No? No. But my reason is probably different. Because you talked about how packed everyone. My luck is I'll, I'll go there and then I'll be stuck next to somebody with IBS and I won't be able to move. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, would be, that would be terrifying. Uh, now, we're all, you know, we're in our 30s. We're dads. Like, we're family men. It, it sort of makes sense that now we wouldn't really consider going, uh, you know, to, to man, down to Manhattan for New Year's Eve. But... What if what if, what about in your younger years? I can't say that I've ever had a draw. I mean, I remember growing up watching the New Year's Eve ball drop from Times Square, and it it, it just it looked chaotic. It felt chaotic, even just watching it on TV. I, I don't think there would have even been a draw for me fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you either like that kind of thing or you don't. I don't think there's a whole lot of in between. It's either it's either a party you're looking forward to or it's a party you're avoiding. I don't think too many people are like, eh, I'll go. I'll probably hate it. I don't really want to go, but you know, nine hours standing still sounds like a little bit of fun, so I'm going to go for it. Um, I, I just don't think that person exists. But with over a million people, I'm sure one of every type of person exists at that party. So I probably am wrong. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, maybe the reasons why it's not so great to head downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, so New York is an expensive town. And by the way, this is, this is a, this is an article we found online on, on the Matador network, Matador network. I've never heard of them before, but this was, uh, this was compiled pretty well. Um, so New York's expensive already, but apparently during New Year's Eve, the hotel rates skyrocket, um, and there's usually, if you want a room for one night, if you, if you want to do it inside and you want to look over the party from your room, it's over a $1,000 for the rooms that basically have a, a Times Square window view. Um, 
but everything jacks up in price. Souvenirs, food, even street food, it all just spikes. Um, and there's a lot of electricity used, so utility bills spike as well. Um, but uh, it, it's one of those things where the locals, I, I think most of the people are probably coming in from out of town um, because the locals are prob- probably eye, eye roll at every once in a while. Well, and it's not just that hotel rates go up. I've got a, uh, a review here from TripAdvisor.com, and this review was posted January 8th of 2020. So this person was there for New, Year, for New Year's Eve night, December 31, 2019. Okay. And her, it's, it's for the Marriott, right? We're not talking some like seedy hotel. I don't think there are seedy hotels on Times Square. It's expensive real estate. But oh, yeah. this, is what, this is what she says in, in just the, the – I'm just going to read the first little snippet. She says, be warned that management here is non-existent. I stayed here at the, at the Marriott on New Year's Eve night. I booked the room after calling and confirming they had, double, they had a double bed availability. I arrive and check in and was given actual keys to a room that was occupied with someone else inside of it. So Marriott yeah. was renting <laughs> beds apparently last year. That's that, that's that's a mistake. <laughs> Yo boy, <laughs> that's a, what I'd say. That's that's a big oof. I, I think that's one of the things people are saying now. That's an oof moment. Right there. <laughs> I hope they were compatible. <laughs> Looking on the bright side, Randall. Good for you. Well, but she didn't have a review about her roommate, right? Just the Marriott. They maybe they ended up having a thing afterwards and just ended up getting together. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! All right, this is what happens when I get tired. Uh, what That's happens? Right. When Square stays in Times Square. Is that what we're saying? I think that. that, that no, that, not there. I just, I'm just thinking maybe she found a long term relationship. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, she, otherwise, she would have complained about the other part, right? That's uh, true. <laughs> so there, there's, there's all these people packed downtown, but there's nowhere to sit. In fact, there are, someone was saying there are maybe, you know, just about six places to sit on that little stretch uh, on a normal day. There are six places to sit in Times Square. Now, all of those places are removed when they set up the police access points. And so there, there really are no seats so you have to it's basically be willing to stand in place for nine hours or more depending on if you really want a good a good you know quote-unquote seat or you you know you risk losing out on the fun Uh, because what i've heard is there's either like a good place to stand or there's a or it's terrible like i heard there's really not like oh it was kind of a good view it's like you can either see what you want to see or you cannot and I can imagine, but it's worth the, it. Well, a small percentage of people are probably getting the view they really want. But it, no, because Mumford and Sons is there. <laughs> so even even on that, I, I read a number of articles, right, of of nightmare stories of people in Times Square. Um, and there's one article I read, and I'm, I'm flipping through them. I can't remember which one it was in, but I guess the uh, the uh, warm up bands that they have before, like the good ones that you see on TV. Um, you wish you could turn your ears off. Like they're just awful. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to really be close to where the, the, the headline band is going to finally show up and they start broadcasting at what? Eight o'clock. I think is when they eight or nine o'clock is when they, they typically like start showing up. Yep. So 
Uh, and then as far as places to sit, a uh, New York Post article I was reading, um, Caitlin Wallet, a uh, 24-year-old photographer, she and uh, a Jimmy, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, Tom Cax something, an oh, author spent more than 13 hours. Yeah. Good old Jimmy Tom Cax. They spent more than 13 hours in Times Square getting to know each other, she said. There's only one hitch, however. Police officers don't let you sit down. If you do, they'll say you need to get back up. So uh, it is literally standing room only uh, in, uh, in Times Square because they're, they're afraid for your safety if you sit down. I guess you could get trampled. Um, you so could get trampled. I guess that's not really a surprise. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, it, or, or bomb. Okay, so I, I wasn't I mean, going to go here. That, but That could cause panic. It really could. You guys gave me the segue, right? So you know me, ever the conspiracy theorist, ever the, ever the prepper, I came across <laughs> a website that it legit went through scenarios of what happens if you've got that many people crammed into that tight of a space and somebody starts yelling shooter and you hear you know shots fired. What oh, do you man. do? You know, it, uh, it, wow. it's not pretty. So if people do start trying to book it out of there, there will be tramplings. Uh, if, so, if someone, if, if there were an, an organized effort to, to, to cause terror, it, it could be awful. It really could. That's a, that, I didn't even, I didn't even consider that honestly, uh, Tyler, until you brought that up. Wow. I, I took an emergency preparedness class and, uh, I learned that if you're in a, in a stampede like that, what you do is you kind of just like put your arms up and grab people next to you and just lift your legs. And then the momentum of the crowd just kind of carries you with it. <laughs> oh, wild. So, you, so you're supposed to cr like crowd surf almost uh, through these. Yeah. Stampedes. Okay. It's safer than tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Speaking of, speaking of standing still, uh, another thing that's a problem is that there's nowhere to pee. They remove all – really, actually, there really aren't any public bathrooms in Times Square, and there haven't really ever been. Um, you might you might be able to sneak into one when they're doing construction and with a big crew, and then the crew requires a porta potty. But they remove all that stuff, and the and restaurants typically typically are pretty cool. The restaurants in New York are, even though they have the, the people there have attitude. Um, the restaurants usually will let people come in and, and go to the bathroom, but not usually on that night, only for customers on that night. Otherwise, it's just it's Pandora's box for these businesses that that uh, want to let people in. Um, so now you've got nowhere to, to pee. And so people have res resorted to wearing adult diapers when they go to this park mm -hmm. that they can just pee or poop and and have and be okay i can't imagine enjoying myself in such a scenario but that's what people do they're like oh well, come I'm, on i'm not gonna the dark ages a little <laughs> I, I i've heard when i was when i was in college uh some of my friends went up and, and i heard that they that they like basically would, would create a circle around someone that had to go to the bathroom and they would they would turn away from the person but and they would kind of sort of create this uh, tight circle where they would uh, extend outward, uh, effectively creating this little space bubble um, where someone could, uh, well, a guy would be able to point straight down and take care of his business. Um, and then when he was done, he would say, "Okay, I'm done." And then they would uh, they would close the circle again, and everyone obviously knowing that they're going to be stepping in that. Um, the rest of the time. So uh, people do get creative and uh, they figure this, this stuff out. Buy some Payless shoes. 
one time use before you go. Yeah. Yeah, do not wear flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we call that backsplash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not only are you probably going to be cold on New Year's Eve wearing flip flops, but you're going to be wet as well. <laughs> I, I think wet is the least of your concern, giving the potential for what's going on. I read an article here, uh, the Daily Telegraph, written by Xavier Toby. And he, exp- he explains his experience like this. Be thankful that television transmits sound and vision but not smell as there are no toilets in Times Square. And once you're in, if you leave, you lose your spot and can't return. People start uh, filling in at dawn on New Year's Eve and most arrive in the early afternoon, meaning that at midnight, Times Square was packed with over a million people who were holding it, had stored it on their person, or had let it out. And this is where it really gets unfortunate for some. To avoid the lines for bathroom access, every year people spend hundreds of dollars on VIP tickets to the event, but no VIP tickets are available. It's a scam. Mm. Oh, my goodness gracious. Quote, unquote, VIP tickets. (laughs) There you go. Well, it's – so, yeah, nowhere to pee, and and, and there are other reasons too. And if you you care about the earth um, or just your environment around you, uh, it's it's very much not an eco-friendly event. Um, the the ball itself, the L, the LED lights used on the ball, that's enough to power two household ovens. The rest of Times Square provides electricity for one hundred um, could provide electricity for one hundred sixty one thousand average U.S. homes, or the entire country of Turks and and I can't pronounce this. How do you pronounce it? Turks and Kalkos? It's no clue. Um, I'm, I'm- I'm trying to see where you're at in the article. Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, but anyway, a small, a, small, a small country. It can power a small country. Uh, so that's one thing. So they're using a lot of energy. And then the, the, more than a ton of confetti is released into the area at midnight when the ball finally drops. And it's made out of low-grade tissue paper. And it's, it can only be recycled uh, if it's never been soiled by anything, including water. And so think about all the stuff on the ground, all the stuff that people are holding. Um, and only certain kinds of tissue paper are, are actually biodegradable. I don't know if the stuff that they use is or not. I'm, I'm hoping it is. And it being New York, it probably is due to regulation. Uh, so the chances of, of the confetti used during that, that, that event um, are like being removed in an eco-friendly way are super slim. Um, and, then, and then lastly, there's so much trash. After the party, the the New York City sanitation crew collects approximately fifty tons of it. Um, well, I guess that's during the year. Uh, yeah, after the event each year, about fifty tons of trash is collected just from the people that come down for New Year's Eve. So it's dirty and gross and stinky, and you're stuck between people for nine plus hours. So that's where we are so far, and you're probably holding it in. <laughs> and you can't you can't have a drink. Alcohol's a no no down there. So it's a, if they catch you with it, they're going to either arrest you or they're going to you know write you a ticket. Um, so you can't drink publicly in New York anyway, but you can't have it down at the party for sure. So a lot of people like to sort of have some champagne or they like to drink with you know in the hours leading up to it. Can't do any of that. Can't even bring your own stuff. It's a sober evening. Well, and alcohol does get snuck in all the time, right? Oh, I'm, well, I'm sure it, does. It, it, it. It's just not supposed to be snuck in. 
So I was. It has to. Oh yeah, you you definitely know people are are sneaking it in. So I was reading that somebody else they were talking about their experience while they were there. Again, another article. I've I've got a number of them pulled up here, but they said the problem with the people that sneak their alcohol in. It's not so much that they sneak in the alcohol; it's that they haven't had anything to eat for hours. So now they're heavily intoxicated on an empty stomach, and that is a recipe for absolute disaster um, for that those is of a you that know. For Oh, yeah, that's a recipe for a bad time. That's all I know. Bad time. All right. So the, the, the final the final item here about, um, you know, why, why, you know, at least according to this article, another reason why it's terrible. This is just not the same without Dick Clark. So uh, Carson Daly talked about how Carson Daly was great in the 90s. Um, and it's just it's just not the same with uh, with uh, Carson Daly now. And I want to say that they've maybe have they moved away from Carson Daly? Is it uh, Mario Lopez now? Um, it might be. Hmm. I, I haven't honestly watched the drop in forever, but I, I do remember seeing his uh, Saved by the Bell smiling face. I think yeah. he does it now. I will say, growing up and in, 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 in my young adult years, it, it was always Dick Clark, and in, in, in that just seemed right. Even, even, even though Dick Clark at the time was old enough to where it was the only work he did all year, um, it was still before he passed. It was still very much a Dick Clark thing and had a Dick Clark feel, uh, which I which I always enjoyed when I was younger. Um, and and yeah, when he did go, and it, I think it, it moved to to Ryan Seacrest afterward, and then from Ryan Seacrest, it moved to Carson Daly. Um, and, and who knows what's going on with it now? I, I, it might be Mario Lopez now, but uh, point is. It, it's you know whenever you have uh, someone who did it for so long that the institution is kind of known by their name, face, and voice, it's going to be hard to follow that act. Um, so New York City, not not the best place to go. Why don't we now that we've covered all of the terrible things about what this event could be for someone? Imagine you're there. Imagine you're right smack dab in the middle of a million plus people and you've been there for eight hours. Did you wear an adult diaper? Did you decide to just go in public? Did you decide to hold it until you get a UTI? You're probably starving because you can't access the food because there's so many people you can't drink. If you were someone that likes to drink, I'm not personally, I don't think none of us are on this show, but imagine, you know, looking forward to being a little inebriated and now you're sober having to deal with all this, you know, mess sober. Where's the where does this put us on the panic scale? Put yourself down there. Now, if you're not there, you can't vote, right? Like so obviously, let's vote as if we are there and not really thrilled because <laughs> that part is realistic I think for all three of us. Um so why don't we start with Randall? Wh- Randall, where would you put New Year's Eve Times Square for yourself on the panic scale? Hmm. Well, if I'm there, I'm probably with my family, which means there's six of us not enjoying ourselves. Um, <laughs> not only that, none of my kids will be able to hold it. So uh, there's that. Uh, my wife is currently pregnant. And not to mention, like, everybody goes and then they're uncomfortable. And then at the end, everybody kisses. We're probably looking at the most widespread outbreak of mononucleosis <laughs> of the year. <laughs> I would love to see some science on that. Uh, no kidding. I mean, I really would. I mean, you better go and be next to somebody that you like because you're going to end up kissing somebody, according to the the the, the TV. Yeah. Everything because everybody just does it. 
So I, or, or I don't know. Someone's going to end up kissing you. So your your oh, lips God. your lips are going to be engaged. I'm I'm guessing. My lips will be sealed though. <laughs> so um, I would I would do. This is gross. Um, it's not as gross as some of the other things, but it, it it's gross enough and and it 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 makes me panic enough that I never intend to go and I continue to use it as an excuse to get my kids to bed at nine o'clock Pacific time so we watch the East Coast New Year's. Um, but I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a four. Maybe a four point two. I think that's good. Gotcha. Very good. Four point two uh, from Randall Floyd. Tyler, what what do you think? Well, I'm glad that you asked Randall to go first because he kind of set uh, set the stage. Because I, I was thinking where I would honestly put this, and I I wasn't positive. Um, but now all I can do is just picture Ray when everybody starts kissing, looking around for 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 his opportunity. He was like, "Everybody's kissing. I want my turn." <laughs> For the huh. listeners who don't know, Ray Ray is Randall's son. <laughs> now, so how, we'll, we'll bring him. How we'll how, bring his stuff to Ray. How old's Ray now? He's eight. Okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> he won't be looking for people to kiss. He'll be looking for people to uh, to do something mischievous too. <laughs> there's pl- there's plenty of that. Um, but no, for for me, if if I'm stuck in Times Square, I, I'm with Randall. I'm more than likely there by accident with my family and trying desperately to figure out how to get out, but with a million people crammed into, you know, that few blocks, it's going to be tricky to do. Um, so, you know, I've got, I've got, um, three girls, uh, aging from 12 down to, to six months. Uh, and then, and then two boys, um, sandwiched in there. And honestly, for me, I I'd be panicked just because of the, the environment itself. Um, you know, we're not going to get into it, but something that that's that's a, a huge consideration for me, something that I bring up when I can. New Year's Eve, particularly in places like New York, is a, a, a massive place for sex trafficking. Um, and good grief, if, if my kids come out of there without welts on their arms from me just hanging onto them tightly because I don't want one of them to disappear, yeah, uh, sure. you know, it, it would be a good night. So for me, it's going to be a lot higher just because I, I know a lot of the other like sinister activity that goes on at this seemingly good time for everybody else. So I'm going to put it, if I'm stuck there, um, I'm, I'm well over an eight, starting to get into a nine as a dad. Um, there, if I'm there personally, and it's like somehow I'm without my family, I'm going to do more with Randall. I'm going to put it, you know, it's, it's more of just a, a stupid nuisance and I'm around a two and a half or a three. <laughs> Very good. You know you'd have your kids manacled, Tyler. You don't have to hold on to them. <laughs> <laughs> manacled by the throat. <laughs> That's right. The, the uh, yeah, it, I, I'm an extrovert. I, I like I like a good party. I like being with people. If I don't have my family, I find myself there. I'm, pro- I'm I might even enjoy myself. I would obviously plan um, accordingly for the evening, um, but I think that I'd be able to manage a good time coming out. That being said, I'm not rating it as if I'm just going to have a good time there because that's pretty unrealistic for me. It would be a situation where I would have my family as well. And and I and I I have 5 kids and the 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 last thing that I need is to be in the middle of New York City with with a million people around me not being able to go to the bathroom, not being able to eat, not being able to sit. That's that's a solid 9. For me and and i like to be you know somewhat conservative on my panic scale when it comes to topics but it would be you know it would be hours until you could free yourself from that 
And that is not something that is not a prospect that I would look forward to whatsoever. So for me, it's a nine. I'd be panicking if I found myself there. That being said, I'm not going to find myself down there with my family on New Year's Eve. Let's just be really clear. But if I did, it's a nine. Any closing thoughts, gentlemen? Well, if I was there with my family and it was getting bad and I had to take them to the bathroom, I would consider yelling, there's a shooter. <laughs> Just <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> Jeez. And on uh, you'd that, be that guy. You know, yeah, he would be that guy. Uh, uh, yeah. Whatever yeah. it takes. With my kids? Yeah, whatever, whatever it takes. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys. Thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in to our episode this week. Uh, we were talking about New Year's Eve, talking about New York City. Uh, in the comments, tell us tell us where you would put this on the panic scale. If you found yourself down in Manhattan, down in Times Square, celebrating New Year's Eve, how would you put this? How would you rate this on your own panic scale? We would love to know. Until next week, thank you so much for listening to us here at Reason to Panic, the only podcast for the worried mind. We give you a new, uncomfortable topic each week so that you, so that you are never without a reason to panic. See you next week.